1: Blob Talk Radio Ladies and gentlemen Lance Jenkins, alongside with Stevie Fly. Stevie, always a pleasure. Yes, sir. Good
0: good to hear from you tonight. Good day today. Steelers beat the Bengals. Always a good day when the Steelers win. Mm.
1: <laughs> That's a matter of opinion. <laughs> I like Hey. <that>. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That is definitely a matter. All that is from uh, that can be perceived differently from another perspective. But yeah. well, I certainly certainly they did get the job done today. Um, they held on in the end. I think they won
0: twenty four twenty. Well, you know they're down twenty to six, and uh, one of the Cincinnati's running backs had scored a touchdown and took the terrible tile out and tried to make a mockery out of that and. You don't mess with a terrible towel, and everything turned around after that. So, you know, dumb move on Cincinnati's Park, but, you know, that's nothing unusual for them.
1: Yeah, well, no, not really. Yeah, they've proven that for, for many years, that's for sure. And I will tell you folks this, if you're listening, this is our mid season finale, uh, episode 10. I can't believe we've actually done 10 episodes.
0: It's hard to believe.
1: I mean, 10 hard episodes... Yeah, it really is, but uh, we will be back at it um, right after Christmas, and we will get to it, folks. Um, we will uh, take off next week, obviously, in our, in respect to the Christmas holiday, uh, but we will be back in January, uh, first part of January 2017, and we will kick off yet another season, excuse me, uh, the, the second half of the first season of Brawl for All. And I'll tell you, the first season has really been, had some, uh, so far, I mean, the first midway through the first season we've had some great uh we've had some great guests i i think i mean you know no disrespect to any of them but i still think the best two that we have certainly i think the best one we had was uh headbanger thrasher that was just a, a heck of an interview no doubt no doubt Yep, and, and then, then of uh, course then you uh, look
0: at the Bobby Fulton one.
1: Yep, yeah, that was my next one. Yep, yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Bobby Fulton, he nailed it. I mean, we really got some good insight from those guys on the <laughs> inner workings of the business.
0: Yeah, definitely, and I mean, we we thank those guys. We thank all of the guests we've had, and uh,
1: like yeah, like we said, we're working
0: we're working on getting some more in here, and you know, I got a couple couple in the in mind that uh, I, they're just waiting for the call, so. Uh, Hopefully, in the next few weeks, we'll be able to schedule some, especially closer to the Rage event.
1: Right, and that's and that's actually it. When we come back, uh, the Rage event will literally be days away where the Battle Royal uh, will take place to determine who will be the number one contender to the Rage championship, obviously to take on Asafi if he walks away from the, that event as a champion. And my question to you is, do you think he will walk away from that event as the champion well have they have they uh
0: decided who he is going to wrestle yet
1: to i i will tell you to the best of my knowledge, I do not know uh officially who he will wrestle at this time well you know i don't
0: i don't think it's gonna be a uh like a one hit wonderful scifi i think he'll he'll retain the belt i mean of course it depends on who he's wrestling but uh, I can't see him dropping it at the next event, not not yeah. this soon.
1: Yeah, I don't see that either. I really don't. Um, it depends. Uh, you know, I, and my, there's some uh, uncertainty now. I don't know if you know this. I do not know this. Um, but have, I understand that Preston Quinn was scheduled to be at the Ring of Honor, Um Event that will be I think Filmed in Atlanta, Georgia on that Day, right. uh, January right. the 14th But I also understand that that Has changed due to probably Some even bigger opportunities For him, but I wonder how that will affect. I really don't know, do you know if he will be At the January 14th event?
0: From what I heard from him Like, like I said, when The uh, I think it was a couple of Mondays ago he put He put on his Facebook account that Due to a phone call I got this morning, I will be uh, not be at it was a, that Ring of Honor event you were talking about.
1: That's right.
0: It's good. He was talking about it, it was good news. So you know, I, I sent him a message, but he couldn't tell me what the big announcement was going to be. But he said mm-hmm. it was it was definitely something good. And that he, from what I gather, the way he talked to me, he would be at the at the Rage event in January. In
1: well, I'll tell you, um, I still think he has potential to be the Rage champion at any time. Um, I would like to see him there uh, in January. I'll also tell you, and I'll also ask you this: I mean, obviously, we're, we're, look, a lot of folks might not like the fact that we talk about rumors like this, but we're this is we're in the media, you know, this is what we do. Yeah. We're, we're analyzing. We're breaking down. So let's break that down. Let's talk about the news involving Preston Queen. And you know, he put on a social media account on Facebook that he expects some bigger things to happen. Um, my question for you is: uh, Do you think that heading overseas to Japan or some other major overseas and international wrestling outlet? Do you think that's what we can expect from him? Because if so, that's a huge move.
0: Yeah, it's possible, but I, I honestly think. If if something's here, uh, possibly a bigger role in Ring of Honor, could it be? I don't know. Uh, yeah. And I, you know, we we called with him when we interviewed him about he that was something he wanted to do as far as going overseas and going to Japan. But uh, right. I I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be something bigger with Ring of Honor. I think they, you know, evidently they've liked what they've seen. Uh, and I would, I would hope that was what it was for his sake, because you know somebody like Preston really deserves to, to, to get this right now, to, to get a bigger role in a, in a what will, will be a major organization for long, and I think, I think that's what
1: it is. Uh, well, and you may be right, and I will tell you that uh, if anybody deserves it, that guy is one of the hardest workers I have ever seen live in a wrestling ring. Um, exactly. I mean, this, the way he wrestles. Uh, it, it's intense. Um, it, it, it never, not a single match I've seen him in has ever been has ever slighted any fan of any action <laughs> whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, and um, and yeah, yeah, I
0: mean, if any of any of these people that haven't been to a Rage event, uh,
1: he if if he is
0: there like I think he is going to be, you need to come out and you're going to get it. you know well whoever he wrestles, I promise you it won't be a bad match. He 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 puts on a good show and he makes Can the you- other
1: guy look a lot better too. Tickets for the January 14th event, I do believe, are already on sale. They will go on sale online uh, tomorrow, Monday, December the 19th uh, at 7 o'clock a.m. They'll be on sale online at RageWrestling.com. Uh, and you can, excuse me, I apologize, that's incorrect, uh, RageWarriors.com. Um, you can go there and purchase your tickets for the next event. And remember, online tickets do get uh, priority seating. You pay slightly more online. I think it's like a couple dollars. Free, and it's where you want to sit that night. Uh, and it is certainly going to be a big time. I'll tell you a guy I'm looking forward to seeing. And that, and about, and, and <clears throat> we've got a lot to talk about tonight, but we're going a little long tonight anyways. But one of the things, I will, while we're on Rage Wrestling, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, Benjamin Banks. I mean, I don't think I've ever, <laughs> seen, I've said this so many times, but I don't think I've ever seen a guy, um, that's so good at being just a, a, a heel that fans just get tore all to pieces over. And I and, and the fact that the fans get so tore all to pieces over it makes the January 14th event in Lasker even more exciting to me, and that is because Benjamin Banks is likely going to be in that Battle Royal for a while,
0: yep. at the very least. Yep. I, you know, anytime you put a put a big guy in a Battle Royal, it's you know, you're figuring he's going to be in there for a while because, for the simple fact, who's going to get him out? It's not. It's going to take more than one guy, uh, unless there is bigger than he is to get him out. And uh, I, I figure Benjamin's going to be in there for a while. And like you said, he's the ultimate heel of Rage Wrestling, and you know he's got to be no doubt the top heel in Rage right now. It, it, both events we've had, you know, the crowd was kind of. Kind of, you know not a bad crowd but after he came out it turned into a really really good crowd they got in he got everybody going got everybody into it and they, you know he did it he did a great job being
1: a heel you know, actually, I think it was a local pastor that he really uh, went after yeah, the most. Yeah,
0: I was, I was standing <laughs> Which right is great. there, and I honestly, <laughs> honestly, the looks, the looks, and, and not just the looks on the local pastor's family's face, but the looks on the people that were around it. You know, I had a couple of them look at me like, "Oh my gosh, is this real? What is going <laughs> on here?" And I mean, for for to see the looks on the faces like that. You know that that right there tells you he's doing his job and he's doing a great job of of playing the heel, but yeah, they looked at me like, like uh, hey, is it, he's supposed to be doing this? is this real so you, you know you got you're done doing a good job when you hear that
1: well and and we'll talk- we'll obviously preview more. I'm sure by the time we have our next show that it's likely going to be a full card uh official card will have been released by then or May be released around that time, I would assume because our next show is going to be right after New year's, so right. by that point we'll be less than two weeks away from the show. Um, I wholeheartedly believe by then we'll know the official card and we'll talk more about it but uh, my one my last question for you is this if anybody who can throw four hundred and twenty pounds over the top rope?
0: Well, I don't. I, I, I'm telling you, I don't think it's going to be one guy. It's just going to have to, you know. You've watched enough you know, yeah, wrestling in point. the past that uh, Royal Rumbles and, and especially, you know, Andre the Giant back in the day, he was the king of the Battle Royals and, uh, good guy, bad guy, whatever he was. When, when the guys saw him in the ring, they would team up They'd take six or seven to get him out, but. You know, sometimes they will – very, very rarely they would get him out, but sometimes they would, and it would take six or seven guys to do it. And I think that's the only way you're going to get Benjamin out of it.
1: People will <laughs> have to team up and, and help each other. And personally, I, we'll talk more about this as we get closer, but I personally believe um, that uh, the Banks he's, – he's no one's going to get him out, in my opinion, <laughs> and I could be wrong. I think that he is going to win. I could be wrong, um, but well, uh, I don't know. And, and, and Fuller, I know a lot of people know I'm involved in raid wrestling. For the record, I have no idea who has a chance of winning this thing, but uh, he would be my early favorite. Um, yeah, we
0: we don't get privy to that to that information or anything like that. So uh, no, no, very very
1: top secret. Yep, very top secret. And talking about. Uh, and and we'll transition now. Obviously, again, when we return uh, from the start of the second half of Season 1 of Brawl for All, we will talk a lot about Rage Wrestling. I'm sure we will in the two weeks. uh, uh, The two shows we'll have in advance. And this time, uh, we will be having a a live pre-show, something we kind of wanted to do last time. A lot of things happened, um, and that show kind of was off the cuff, trying to get it in before the end of the year. But uh, this show, will have a live pre-show. It will begin uh, around the 6 o'clock hour, which will be about an hour before um, the show actually begins at 7. And, of course, we'll have a post-show. Hopefully, they will be live this time, um, and uh, and we'll go from there. Hopefully, it'll turn out well. So, let's transition now. A lot to talk about tonight, and one of the things mm-hmm. we're going to talk about tonight, and just so everyone will know to look forward to this later in the show uh, we're going to take a look back at one of my favorite events that were that was ever held in wrestling and is no longer held, but uh, always remembered, and that is Starcade. It started in 1983. We'll talk more about that tonight as we take a look back into history. This was the month that Starcade was typically held, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll look forward to talking about that. Uh, here shortly. So let's get right down to it, though. Tonight, uh, actually, right now, the kickoff show has already begun uh, for WWE's Roadblock End of the Line pay-per-view event. It's a raw pay-per-view emanating live from PBG Paints Arena in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, um, of all places. But uh, nonetheless, uh, Steelers got the win today. Let's find out who's <laughs> going to get the win at Roadblock. And we'll start with a match that's on the kickoff show. It may be underway right now. I'm not sure. And that's Rusev and Big Cass. Who do you see winning this match? I, I, I think
0: Rusev's going to take this. You know, I, I'm, yeah. I'm
1: hearing a lot of things about
0: Rusev maybe getting a getting a push the start tonight. Uh, a lot of people have, have talked about when money in the bank comes along, he may be the one that wins the Money in the Bank this year, so I think I think you're going to see Rusev start to get a little push again right now. Well,
1: I like Rusev, and I think he would be. I mean, I would I would enjoy seeing him do a program in a main event. I I, I think he's main event caliber.
0: Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, he's for a big guy. He's he's a, he's really agile for a big guy. I mean, he plays the hero role well, as as does Lana, and uh, I think he would. Do good in a big main event program with somebody.
1: Yep, I agree. I absolutely agree. And then you got Sami Zayn, Braun Strowman, with a ten minute time limit. Can Sami Zayn stay in the match <laughs> for ten minutes? That's the key. I, I think he will
0: tonight. I think they would do the the ten minute to ten minute rule, uh, unless they were going to let him do it. And you know, the only the only thing that makes that would sway me to the other side. A lot of talk now about, and of course, you know the people that have listened to us from the start. We've we've had about ten guys that will probably face the Undertaker at WrestleMania this year. No, I know you're sticking with Goldberg, but a I lot of you know there's, there's some talk about Braun Strowman facing the Undertaker at at WrestleMania, which I don't I don't think it will be a good match. But you know they want a big guy versus big guy, and I, I really. I really don't think I, I think back in the day Undertaker could could carry Strowman and make it a good match, but don't think right now he could. And I don't think no. Strowman's ready to have a, a, a match where he can he can carry the load,
1: especially against somebody like the Undertaker. Me neither, because that's that's exactly it. See the Undertaker I think at one point was kinda there even when people were losing to him at WrestleMania, he was there to kind of push over. Like, okay, that guy competed and so now he's going to be a big star. But see, Undertaker, right. I don't think, can be that guy anymore. I think that's the kind of guy John Cena, that's a role John Cena feels. That's a role uh, even Lesnar would feel, you know, and, and people like right. that who can continue to wrestle. But with the Undertaker kind of in his last days, I mean, there's certainly no denying that he's, he's definitely towards the end of his career. Um, I don't think you can... I mean, why are we going to waste a year uh, that's what we'd be doing. Why are we going to waste a year? No offense on Brown Stroman. And I mean, and, you know, and it,
0: another thing too. Do you honestly think, you know, a lot of a lot of talk about this could be on Undertaker's last match. Do you honestly think they they would want his last match to be against somebody like Brown Stroman? I hope not. I mean, that's that. I, I I hope not either. I mean, that I did. I read that, and of fact, I read it today. And, you know, the first thing I thought, you you don't want a match like that at WrestleMania, especially if it could be his last or one of his last
1: matches. You don't want that. No, if if he fights his last match, it needs to be a star power kind of matchup. Not, I mean, a, a guy like The Undertaker, you know, don't put him in a match where he loses to some guy like Braun Strowman. I mean, no. not, the, not his last match. You know, I mean, make him lose to somebody, of big name, if he loses to John Cena, I can handle that. You know, I mean, right. I can live with that. I mean, but not, not Braun Strowman. I, I, I don't know. I just ain't, I ain't feeling that. But you think Sami Zayn stays in the match tonight? And I, I'm
0: thinking, I'm thinking they'll let him. I mean, he'll go to ten minutes. I'm not saying it, it's going to be pretty, but you know, for he may stay to ten minutes. And you know, they they've done this deal before back in the past with. I think it was a, you know, WCW had something, or NWA had something similar to it one time where a guy had to just make it to a, a certain time limit, and they let him make it, and it was a kind of an up and come, an underdog. I'll put it that way. So I, I think they'll let him do it tonight.
1: And well, I'm sure I'm you disagree with me. Yeah, I'm gonna say something <laughs> different simply because we'll probably agree on a lot of it. I feel like it's a fairly right. predictable pay per view. I'm gonna say he doesn't last a minute.
0: He doesn't last
1: a minute. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's. I mean, you know. I'm just gonna
1: make sure one of us are wrong here. Yeah.
0: You certainly go against the grain on that one, but that, um,
1: yeah. I usually do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I usually do. Now, how about this: a triple threat WWE Cruiserweight Championship match: Rich Swan, T.J. Perkins, and Brian Kendrick. Swan
0: routine, the title of the night. I I think so, but honestly this would this would be my bathroom break. Uh you know, yeah. I'm still not crazy about the the cruiserweights right now. I mean I'm I'm still waiting for something to happen to make me really be like, Okay, the cruiserweight's coming on and and to get me excited about the the cruiserweight show on the network now, the two or five. I mean, but I'm not really I, I I think they're good wrestlers, but there's nobody that really catches my eye that, that makes me really want to watch cruiserweight matches like like I used to, like when Mysterio and uh, yeah, Dean Malenko, uh Billy Kidman when they were wrestling that, that that was when cruiserweight was at a at a good point, but not now.
1: But yeah, I think he retains tonight. Well, and I think so too. I agree with that. Now, since we're on that, let's talk you know the 205 live thing i, I can't understand i mean I, I, and you know no disrespect to the cruiserweight division but i can't quite understand why we're seeing 205 live air after smackdown is live so it airs after smackdown on wdv network and it's not only i mean not only does it air after smackdown it's it live so you're Talking about a match, and what I've heard from a lot of people, a lot of spectator attendance records, people who've been assigned as correspondents who are at these shows, they're saying, Look, after AJ Styles and you know Dean Ambrose and that crowd's gone, the crowd's gone, they're starting yeah. to leave. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, just don't see, I don't see what's going on there. Why not air it before? I mean, I, I just don't know I, if,
0: if I'm you know. Honestly, I think you know the, the the Superstars TV show, the syndicated show. I think that is actually filmed before Raw, and aired right. later in the week. But right. and you know and that because I know the last Raw I went to, they they taped Superstars before it. So uh, if yep. that's still the case, that was a smart idea. But yeah, I'm like you. Why are you going to do it after? And yeah, and everybody's see seen the main event on SmackDown. They're they're ready to go home and and you don't really have anybody in there right now that catches your eye or or makes you want to stay for something like that. But you know, I agree with you there. It should be done before. I, I wouldn't stay to watch watch the the two hundred five after has gone off. No, I mean not if it's you know ten
1: o'clock at night. You know and uh, no exactly. And, I mean that's I a, mean,
0: granted as what, A thirty minute show. But yeah, right. You know, I, I'm still not, I'm still not sticking around for that. There's nobody in that cruiserweight division that that makes me want to stay and watch that. Yeah, I'm with
1: you. I'm definitely with you. And then we got, here's my match of the night that I think has. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I don't mean any harm. It has potential to be a match of the night, but the way, I mean, I'm just not feeling the way they built up to this. I, I just don't. I, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I really am not. I'm not satisfied. I know I sound critical, but you talk about two guys who can do a good job night and put on a good show. That's Seth Rollins and Chris Jericho, and right. um, I think this has potential to be a great match. Uh, I'm assuming Rollins goes over. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I think Rollins is going over. Uh, I don't think they're going to let him have a little setback against against Jericho. Uh, don't. Don't really know what they're building to with him because, yeah. uh, and we'll talk about later who we think is going to win the the main event. I guess it'll be the main event, the the, the men's main event, I guess with with right. Rollins and Owen. I mean, not Reigns and Owens, but um, right. you know, don't really know where to going with Reign. I mean, with Rollins, but uh, I think he definitely beats Jericho tonight. And I'm like you, I don't think it'll be the match of the night. But I think it's got the men's match of the night, but it won't be. I, I'm not counting on that being the match of the pay per view.
1: Yeah, um, I'm not either. I mean, I think they've got potential to put on a good program, but I'm just not feeling it. Now, here's the next one: New Day versus Sheamus and Cesaro for the Raw Tag Titles. Is it is is it ten tenure over for New Day? They've now they've I now passed Demolition's record. So, are they going to are they going to retain or are they giving it up tonight?
0: I think it's coming to an end tonight. I yep. I went I went against the grain the other night and I kinda of made a halfway serious, halfway joking prediction on the, the Brawl for all Twitter and, and Facebook page mm-hmm. that uh, New Day loses on Monday night due to due to interference from demolition. <laughs> so <laughs> would have been a great would have been a great storyline. Whether whether it was any and somebody called me on it and said, Demolition, really? I said look, all they had to do was just play Demolition's entrance music and and let them get distracted and get pinned from behind. That's all they had to do. That would have been a great story right there.
1: I think so. And you know, the thing is, is that um, look, at, you don't have to be right all the time to be in this business. You just ask Lee Corso that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he ain't never right on college game day. But um, but he's still on the TV, so maybe we'll get there. So um, but, but, no, I like that. But, I saw your prediction, and I was like, oh, I like that.
0: Yeah, but the thing is, with now you're seeing Cesaro and Sheamus are, are actually working well together to get along and, and you know, winning that match, which was – a pretty good tag team match the other night. Uh, winning that match, I, th- I think this puts them in. You know, they got the momentum. Uh, you know, New Days, uh, they're, they're talented and they're, they're entertaining. I just think their run's just about over, though, as far as yeah. this run. And I'm not saying they won't win it again, but this run is just about over.
1: Yep, I'm with you. I'm definitely with you on that. All right, and then finally, um, two more matches, and uh, I, again, we don't really know which is going to. I'm assuming the men's event is going to. Uh, the, it will be the main event tonight, uh, but the women's uh, main event certainly will be Sasha Banks and Charlotte, a 30-minute Iron Man match for the Raw Women's Championship. I think I think it's over tonight. Um, I think yeah. whoever wins this thing, this, they move on from this to a new program. Who wins, Charlotte or Sasha Banks?
0: Charlotte wins, and when I tell you how what causes her to win, you you know we're going, this is another prediction. Not this is not quite a, not as off the wall as a demolition pre- uh, prediction, but this is a good one. Charlotte wins with help from her father, Ric Flair.
1: I like it. I like that. I hope that happens. Ric
0: Flair, Rick Flair has just signed. He's he signed another contract with WWE to work with him. Came out to, you know, came out to congratulate Sasha after she won- beat Charlotte the last time. But you know, Flair, in the past, he's always worked these little mind games with folks, and I think they're you know, they're working a little mind game with Sasha right now. And for her to say she dedicated that win to Ric Flair, you know, it's kind of setting up for something like that. Flair
1: is going to get involved, and he's going to double cross her. I think. Yep. I can absolutely see that happening. Um and uh and I'd love to see that happen first of all. Um but I, I I'm with you but I from what I'm reading uh, not everybody's with me and you on this. I think a lot of people see especially no, banks winning and I'm, I I'm not seeing that.
0: I'm not either. I mean it's yeah. I really I really I don't think I mean software is good but name brand and name power and and talent too i think they're even on talent but that name recognition i think they're going to keep that belt on charlotte for you know i don't think they'll they'll take her out of and from what they're saying is whoever wins they move on to another to somebody else i don't think they do no. that to charlotte keep her out of the title picture
1: right now no i don't think so either. i mean i really don't and uh and we'll certainly see, but I, I, I'm with you. I think Charlotte wins the, the Iron Man match tonight, um, and then uh, finally the main event: uh, Kevin Owens, the WWE Universal Champion, taking on Roman Reigns, the United States Champion, with Reigns having the opportunity to win and hold both titles. Surely, 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 Stevie Fly, Vince McMahon is not going to slam Roman Reigns down our throat right before Christmas.
0: Why in the world would he stop now? He's been doing it for the last year
1: and <laughs> a half, two years.
0: Uh, and I that, think bro. it con- I think it continues tonight. Uh, Wonderful.
1: You know, That's great. I'm looking forward to that. They're,
0: <laughs> they're going to put, you know, make him the first, which they, you know, in all honesty, yeah, he is the first. He will be the first world or universal champion and US, and U.S. champion at the same time, but, you know, they're, how long has the Universal Championship been around? For, what six months now. And yep. US Championship. Yeah, that's been around for a while but they're they're gonna make him out to be just bigger than and they're trying to push him again and, and like you said, ram him down our throats and uh, you know, I, I don't know why but he has no mic skills, but they, I think he will win tonight.
1: Yep. Uh, and I and I I think he will too. Um, no, he does not have any mic skills. He's like Sid Vicious. I mean, it's or, or Psycho Sid or whatever these guys. He just, I don't know. And, and I'm I like Kevin Owens. I mean, for somebody his size, he's very agile and uh, he's a and great wrestler. And can work the he,
0: microphone well too.
1: Very well. Very. I'd much rather see him hang on to the title. I, but I agree with you. I don't think it happens tonight. You know, literally three. We we, we are actually predicting uh, three title changes. Uh, tonight, because um, I agreed with all of those matches for the, where the titles are on the line—the tag titles, that is—the um, women's championship and the universal champion—that so would be very interesting for a non-major pay-per-view. Right, but you know, but I think
0: I it def- will happen. I'm, I, I definitely think, you know, we may be we may be reaching on some of them, but I definitely think at least two of them will happen. But I, I'm, I'm picking all three to change. But I know I'm I'm pretty confident at least two of them will happen.
1: Yep. I think you're right. I can totally see it. And uh, we will see what happens, folks, uh, when you get done listening to us tonight. Tune in on the WWE Network for Roadblock. End of the line. It's the pay-per-view for Raw and the last major uh, pay-per-view of 2016. And then we will move on to the Royal Rumble. And my last thing before we get into our Starcade review is this. Royal Rumble. San Antonio, Texas. Are, are we in for any major surprises as far as people are concerned? Um, and, and let's leave out The Undertaker here because that's oh, yeah. my next question. But are there anything else, any other wrestlers that we think might be making an appearance for this um, Royal Rumble that's going to be held in the Alamo Dome and certainly will require a big car to feel like a big show?
0: Well, you know, you said San Antonio, and guess who's from San Antonio? Heartbreak
1: Kid. Uh,
0: a lot of talk, a lot of talk about him wrestling at that, which he, you know, of course, right now he's going to say, no, you know, I'm not doing anything, but, you know, two names names keep coming up as far as wrestling him at at Royal Rumble. One, we've heard, the first one we heard was AJ Styles, which AJ kind of put it out there to him and made a kind of informal challenge to him, but Another one has been talked about is Seth Rollins, mm-hmm. and I mean either one of those. That I I would love to see a match between any either any of those three, uh, any of those two against Shawn Michaels would be a great match. So I I don't think if if it does happen, I hope it does. Uh, whoever whoever wants to wrestle, them, I'd be looking forward to seeing that because it should be a great match if it's
1: Rollins or Styles right absolutely well and i i'll tell you i mean now they're you know of course wwe puts out their usual teaser dream matches for the undertaker and um i'm curious do we? Are, do you think, i'm starting to wonder if we're going to see the undertaker wrestle at royal rumble do you think it's still going to happen and if so when are we going to see him appear is it going to be the start of the year um or what do you think i don't
0: know if we'll see him at royal rumble uh I know he's he's talked about WrestleMania won't define me, but we haven't seen him since. Um,
1: That's why I'm thinking
0: WrestleMania will define him. (laughs) I'm wondering, you know, there was a lot of talk about him being backstage at a Raw one night and, you know, some of the people that saw him walking around were saying he was definitely uh, limping significantly. I know he's had hip surgery in the last year. Uh, Yeah, I, I don't know if, I mean, he may have he may have spoke too soon, unless he's recovered a lot in the last couple. Because I think it was Raw about two or three weeks ago that they mm-hmm. said they saw him backstage and and walk around limping. Uh, I think he may have spoke a little too early about what he was going to do. Of course, he didn't look like he was limping when he came to the ring that night on on SmackDown, but you know he Undertaker doesn't walk that fast anyway. So, uh, yeah. we'll, I don't think we'll see him wrestle at Royal Rumble.
1: Well, I would like to, but uh, I, I don't know that we will I, either. I definitely this, would. Well, we'll see what happens, folks. Lots lot to talk about as we get into January, and, of course, WrestleMania season, um, It's I think it's going to make for a great spring on this show, that's for sure. All right, let's get right down to it, folks. We told you it was coming, and we're going to get right on it. And that is a flashback into time, one of the greatest events that ever occurred in wrestling, in my opinion. And it, and it held its tenure for, I believe, 18 events uh, from 1983 uh, to the year 2000, 17 years, 18 events.
0: And, of course,
1: Starcade is what we're talking about. And in 1983, it emanated live on Thanksgiving night uh, from the first for the first time. Uh, ever, November 24th, 1983, 16,000 people in attendance. And I actually met someone who was in the Greensboro Coliseum that night. I met them (laughs) just days ago, and they told me about the live experience. Definitely have a story I want to tell. But in 1983, Starcade made its long-awaited debut. And what I mean by long-awaited is a big event like this. And and I think it's important to note um, that Starcade came before WrestleMania.
0: I, I was going to say that, you know, Starcade was, you know, everybody talks about Dusty Rhodes, but Dusty Rhodes came up with some of the most innovative ideas uh, in history. Star uh, Starcade was WrestleMania before WrestleMania. Yep. Uh, it was a closed circuit, which would, you know, people could watch it at a closed circuit location, which and that day was the equivalent of pay-per-view. Uh, and, you know, People give Vince a lot of credit for having such a brilliant mind with WrestleMania, but guess what? You know, and he can say what he wants to, you probably would never admit it. But Vince got his idea for WrestleMania from Starcade.
1: I mean Bottom that was one. the yep, I agree. that
0: was the event. I mean, you look at a lot of different pay per views that uh Vince has come up with, you know, Starcade became WrestleMania for Vince. Great American Bash yep. became SummerSlam for uh, Vince, you know. And Dusty came up with a lot of these. Dusty had a great mind when it came to, to marketing and entertaining stuff. And, you know, just like War Games. War yep. Games became hell in the sale, You know. Yep. So, it, you know, don't give Vince a, too much credit for some of this stuff when he, he kind of robbed it from NWA, Dusty Rose, and, and WCW. Uh, well, Starcade and, I, and, and that's my thing. I,
1: you got it, and I'm sorry. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not saying that Vince didn't capitalize on it the best because he definitely did. You know, there's no oh, doubt about that. But I, you just can't say WrestleMania was a brand new concept. You know, other than than having celebrities there, uh, it really wasn't. Uh, it just Starcade was the first, and like I said, uh, for those of you who don't know, it was first held. And it was held for a while, actually, annually in Greensboro, the the famous Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina. And um, the first match uh, ever—listen to this now—was Assassins (laughs) number one and two, and the team of Rufus R. Jones and Bugsy McGraw. Um, But but you know, you talk, and a lot of guys may not know who those folks are. But you're starting to get down the card. And, and some folks start to be in that first event. You have Kevin Sullivan who uh, who, uh, who fought that night, Abdullah the Butcher, um, who fought that night, um, Wahoo McDaniel. I know a lot of people that watch wrestling in the scythe know right. who Wah- Wahoo McDaniel is. Um, famously known as Cowboy Bob Orton, um, he Randy fought Orton. in that as Randy Orton. Um, and then I mean it was just a number. I mean think of listen to this now. It was a dog collar match between Roddy Piper and Greg Valentine. Um, so, I mean, there were some big names at this event, um, but none bigger than who fought in the main event, and that was Ric Flair and Harley Race uh, for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship and the Steel Cage match. Do you remember ever seeing that match? Oh, I've
0: seen it, seen it. I've seen that. Actually, I've watched that Starcade. Yes, I did. I did sit there and suffer through the the first couple of matches. Uh, right. But, you know, uh Flair and Race, you know, the, some, kind of the background of that story was Race is the champion. Race actually put a, a bounty on Flair's head because he knew he was the up-and-coming challenger. And this was kind of like the the passing of the torch from Race to Flair because Race was, you know, a lot of people don't realize, and some of the younger folks see Harley Race, he's managed Vader, uh, managed Lex Luger for a while in, in WCW. But, uh, Race was, you know, one of the greatest World Heavyweight Champions the NWA Ever had, and he was yep. kind of in that Same frame of mind in in that Period as Ric Flair was Later on, and, and this This match kind of passed The torch to Flair, and Flair wrestled As a baby face that night Now, you didn't see that much But, you know, he did That night, I've seen it several times Flair won with a, with a body Press off the top turnbuckle And got the pin, but to see it after after it was over with and to see Flair celebrating in the ring that was you know, that was kinda kinda nice to see it. Uh uh guy that uh, Angelo Mosca, I don't know if a lot of people remember him as a big guy, big wrestler, but carry Flair around the ring on his shoulders and you know, the Coliseum was going nuts. Because
1: oh, Flair was so. Well, it's flair country, too. I mean, and yeah. you know, I have, I have a friend of mine, and actually, um, I'll, I'll tell you, I won't call any names, but um, and I'll tell, you, tell most people in just a bit how I met this guy. This guy is actually, I'm moving, um, I'll just say it now, I'm actually, a lot of folks may not know this, and most of you probably don't care, but I'm in the process of moving uh, to a new part of the state, uh, closer to Pinehurst, North Carolina, in a county called Richmond County, and so, I work for Farm Bureau for a living because we sure don't don't eat off of this show. And, um, what? And I, yeah, I know, Well, you are. You might be doing better than right? <laughs> <laughs> me. I did hear they were paying you a little more, but I didn't know uh, yeah, yeah, that much. yeah, definitely. <laughs> but, um, I will say that, um, He's one of the agents there, and uh, he's actually getting ready to retire in this in 2017. And so he was telling me that he was at an event in in Ryan the mid 80s. He said it was at the Greensboro Coliseum. He said, and uh, the main event was I couldn't believe when he told me. He said the main event was Ric Flair and Harley Race for the world heavyweight championship. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, I don't think this guy realizes he went to the first star. Case. He went to the first star. you i was getting ready. To went, ask
0: you, this yep. This guy must not be much of a wrestling fan.
1: No, I think he was just kind of going for the fun of it, but he said he always went. There was one close by and he loved going, but he just, I don't think he's a big fan. Well, he told right. me that I was like, do you realize you went to the first star case? He's Like, no. He said, well, I'll tell you something. He said, um, Blair and, and and Harley Race were outside of the ring, and they were ringside. They were right next. To me. Let me rephrase that. Um, back in the day, you could just anybody could just run up to the to the um, uh, not fence. Um, what do you call? I'm going blank. Um, to the rail. I, the rail. Thank you. <laughs> the guardrail. Thank
0: you. Guard anybody rail. could just
1: run up to the guardrail if they wanted to. They didn't have any security like they do this day and age. Oh no. Nice. I mean, right. So if
0: you stand up, you get told to sit down really quick. No.
1: That's right, yes. Yeah, so, but then they raced to the, the to the guardrail, and they were right up next to it. And Flair and Ray, Harley Race were there. And he, he said his buddy was just talking pure junk to Flair, right? And uh, Flair turns around <laughs> and back, literally. I mean, literally backhands this guy. <laughs> and, I'm
0: about to go back and watch this.
1: Yeah, yeah, because I'm actually, I haven't watched it since I got this story told to me, but I'm thinking about turning it on after we get done tonight and and seeing if I see that and if it was actually on the production because that's one thing that I don't know if it was. But he said he he slammed his hand back, and the guy had his arms up kind of cheering, and it hit his arm instead of his face, right? And so the guy was pretty stunned, and Flair looked at him, right dead in his eye and said something to the effect that, and I I can't repeat what Flair said,
0: but let's say
1: it was a fairly profane threat. Um, Let's just put it that way. Not Flair. And it just makes you want, I was like, good gracious. if If he just said something like that to a fan this day and age, I mean, you'd see a, a firing story on wwe.com all over I mean.
0: twitter all over the internet Like, oh yeah
1: but then you know probably never heard nobody's ever heard of that and uh, uh and i just heard that story the other day well like, i can't believe that and uh so that was I, the, the fact that he was at the first starcade blew my mind because he didn't even realize it. and uh but yeah um he's a good he's a good guy and he said he was there and uh i thought to myself wow i what would i have done to have been at the uh, first arcade, I mean, what an amazing experience that must have been! Definitely,
0: definitely. I mean, you know, one of the one of the matches I think uh, that gets overshadowed by the Flair and Harley Race match is a tag match with the and, and that would be another one I would suggest you watch if you watch this event was uh, a young Ricky Steamboat with Jay mm. Youngblood going going up for the tag King titles against the Briscoe brothers, which a lot of people don't know. A lot of people think of the briscoe brothers they think of uh vince's little sidekicks that that took the beatings for him but uh you know the Briscoes were actually uh, both jack and jerry were world heavyweight champions in the nwa and he held a tag belt several times but you know that that was really a great match there that's one that gets overshadowed by the race and flare match
1: yep yeah well and I will say that uh, that that event certainly proved to be one of the biggest. And, and you know, another thing is, it certainly didn't get any in any less big as the years went on. In '84, um, Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes fought in, Go- in Greensboro again. They did the same thing the following year. Um, at Starcade 85, a little bit of a different event there. That was actually held in multiple venues, which, by the way, I'd like to point out, that happened in 85, okay? So Greensboro yep. and Atlanta, Georgia, and you know what happened the next year, don't you? WrestleMania II. WrestleMania held In two. three locations, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no offense, Vince, but you're not original,
0: period. Yeah, exactly. You know, this is kind of you know, – we're kind of starting it, setting up seeing a pattern grow here. So, uh, Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm no, gonna kinda yeah, ask you. Oh, no, sorry. Go ahead.
0: Go ahead right now. Go ahead.
1: I, I'm gonna ask you now. I mean, you're the expert. You're the wrestling expert on the show. Mm-hmm. That's why we have you here. And I, and I've got to ask you, what are some memories from Starcade that stand out in your? I mean, we could go year by year and analyze. Them, oh yeah, we could, but talk all night. I we think talk uh, a week.
0: Yeah, the first one that I really, you know, I became a big time wrestling fan in like early '86. And it was pretty much Watching uh, Crockett and the NWA uh, The first Big event that I remember coming along about that time Because it was right before the summer I, I remember Great American Bash And I was just like holy crap But you know Seeing the first The, the Starrcade in 86 uh, I actually have a friend That listens to this show Regularly that's, that was uh, at that event in Greensboro. Uh, oh, my. He, he just, you know, and, and Star K was always, you got yeah. to think about this, too. of something we had not talked about, too, about with Vince. Star was always Thanksgiving night at, in the first. In the uh, early days. Of it. Yeah. Uh, but Vince decided, you know, I'm going to, you know, this was when Vince was going to take over the world, and he decided he was going to have his own pay-per-view, and he was going to have the Survivor Series. And compete with it that night. But not only did he compete with it, he told the cable providers if they carried Starcade, uh, gave that opportunity for somebody to get Starcade instead of Royal Rumble, he would not let them carry it. So guess what? Those cable providers went with Royal Rumble, and you know that was kind of a a start to the war there. Uh, Mm -hmm. And of course, the first Royal Rumble. Was was live on? Uh, it may have been on USA. It wasn't on pay per view. It was, just, wow. but it was held in in direct competition with Starcade. So, guess what? A lot of people were watching that night for free. Was Royal Rumble, but '86 uh, was probably the, you know, the one-hour rumble the best because that was the night of the Skywalkers, and you know, you think about the scaffold match with the Road Warriors coming back against the Midnight Express and. You think about the guys, what, 20, 30 feet over the, over the ring, walking on a scaffold, fighting each other up there. And, and the only way to win, two guys, you know, the guys from that team had to fall off. And I mean, you think right. about it at the time, we were like, gosh, no. You know, you kind of, you're kind of in that point where you still believed it was real. Uh, and I was like, gosh, no, they could fall it off, fall it off, and not even hit the ring and, and fall outside the ring or something like that. This is pretty dangerous, which it was. Yeah. But, uh, you know, to, that and to see that match, I, I was really excited to see that and, and to see how it ended. You know, the Roy, Roy Warriors win, but they chased Cornette up to the top after the match was over with. And when he drops, his, mat, his bodyguard, which was Big Bubba Rogers, who went on to be better known as the Big Boss Man, When he dropped off, he he was hanging on. When he let himself go, Bubba was supposed to catch him, and Bubba didn't catch him. Cornette ended up blowing out Butch's knees and being out. You know, he was out of commission for a while. But uh, another match, of course, they had Flair defending against a newly baby-faced Nikita after Magnum T.A.'s wreck, and Nikita turned baby-faced. But one of the really great matches of all time, of Star Rock and Roll Express versus Olayn Arn Anderson in the cage. Oh, and goodness. you talk about somebody that just it went back and forth and back and forth. Uh probably right up there with uh the eighty five Star when Tully Blanchard and Magnum TA had the I quit match. Yeah. You talk about those two matches right there could could be in a top twenty match of all time list, right there. I mean, it was it was great. But that that Starcade '86 was special to me because it was the first one I remember watching, and, and the excitement I had because you were like, oh, "What in the world is going to happen here with the, the scaffold?" But uh, yeah, that was a
1: great one. <coughs> Excuse me. And they and they had certainly a, a number of other great ones. In, fir- in fact, Ric Flair uh, wrestled in the main event. Um, of starcade uh for the first seven excuse me he actually wrestled uh for the first eight events and um in 1990 he wrestled as the black scorpion i don't know if you
0: oh remember lord that
1: <laughs> but um at any rate he was in that match nonetheless but he wrestled in the first eight um i do believe um matter that's, of fact that's right,
0: 83 yep yeah. I mean, it
1: that's started right. with through nineteen ninety. Yep, and uh so I mean there's something that's interesting. I did not realize Flair wrestled ultimately nine times in Starcade events in a world championship match. Well uh, nine Flair, times.
0: The only reason Flair wasn't in in there ninety one was because Flair was in WWF then. I mean that's and right. that was yeah that would have been he probably you know that they kind of they kind of went away, you know. Eighty nine was probably one of the worst ones for me because mm-hmm. you, know, you had Future Shot with what, what they call it. This was one of Jim Herd's creations. Uh, instead of having your and, and I, I'm trying to think of what night they held this pay per view on because it was a it was not your typical night for a pay per view. And let me look up here right quick.
1: Um, uh, well, I know it was the thirteenth of December, but I don't know what day of the week it was, Because
0: yeah. that was one of the things that uh people were talking about it didn't draw very well because it was it was during the week or something like like a week night, which they did this they did it a couple times, but had a round it's like a round ramen tournament and tag teams and singles matches, but you really only had. You had four singles guys and four tag teams there that wrestled each other in a point system that night, which, had, you know, it made for some interesting matchups, but just the excitement wasn't the same as far as the stark age in the past. And you really didn't give a lot of guys a chance to, to get on that grand stage like like a WrestleMania when you got guys that could could really, you know, carry the undercard a little bit. But, you know, it worked out with uh, – Set up a good storyline when Sting beat Flair. with Sting and Sting was made a member of the Four Horsemen, and uh, you know it it was it was something. But it's just not one of my favorites. Probably one of my least favorite Starcade.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the things that I can remember um, about Starcade, you see, I was about ten years after you in terms of when I really got into wrestling. And I remember um and not to skip ahead too far here, but I remember probably the biggest Starcade so far as hype on the map. Oh definitely. Uh, I know was, where yeah. It was yeah, was nineteen ninety seven. Um Starcade Hollywood Hogan versus Sting for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Bret Hart, the special enforcer, not a well, we ended up being a major player, but not not uh, not the biggest part of that match. The biggest part of that match was the build up. Could not have displayed Eric Bischoff's ability better. It was as good a build up as I think we had seen for a match since Hogan fought Andre uh, in Wrestle at WrestleMania three. I mean, it was built up well. It was exciting. It was the first time that the event was held in our nation's capital. At the MCI Center, which is now known as the Verizon Center, and it was just an unbelievable feel. And of course, the match ended in controversy, which was very much typical WCW fashion. Uh, huh. But Sting walked away. The crowd walked away happy. Uh, Sting walked away that night, WCW World Champion. Uh, do you remember seeing? Do you remember seeing that time uh, of Nitro and that event where? It was just it was an overwhelming excitement. WCW was winning the ratings war, and they were the biggest thing in wrestling. Well,
0: you, it was definitely a, a exciting time for WCW, like you said. But you know, to build up, I don't know how you could build up a match anymore. I mean, in, in weeks or months before, you know, when Sting would finally come out uh, on several nitros and. You know, J.J. J. Dillon was commissioner of, of WCW at the time, and he'd come up and say he had a match, a contract for a match. And, like, one time was Kurt Henning, and another time was, you know, this guy and this guy. But every time, Sting would just come out there. And he wouldn't say anything, but he would tear the contract up. And it was just yeah. like, you know, I mean, everybody knew who he wanted. He wanted Hogan, and, uh, you know, the build up was so great. Then, you know, to hear Sting—if—if if you ever get a chance to listen to some of Sting's interviews recently, to hear him talk—that there was the finish was not decided until he got in the ring that night. Uh, yep. There were several different finishes talked about, and uh, he when he got—I think he said when he got to the ring, the referee told him, "This is what's going down. This is what's happening." Uh, you know, of course, they had uh Bret Hart restart the match. But it was kind of, you know, watching it live that night and and seeing Hogan win at first. And I was like, yeah, I cannot believe this. You know, you mm-hmm. built this up, built this up, and you're going to let him win like that. And then to see, uh, you know, kind of controversial to have Bret Hart come out there and restart the match when he had been a referee earlier in the match that night. So he made himself up referee for the rest of that match, and Sting gets the Sting gets the pinfall win, and the crowd crowd goes home really satisfied. But you know, uh, it it was hard. It was hard when you got a guy like Sting that had been off. Sting had took off work for almost a year. I mean, he just made appearances as far as doing any ring work. He hadn't done any ring work in a year, and yeah. he was kind of kind of rusty, and you could tell it that night, and he. He got kind of tired in, in certain parts of the match, as you can tell, too. But uh, it's kind of hard to live up to all the hype that they had put forward for that match. But, you know, they, they definitely had big success with that pay per view. That was probably their best pay per view ever.
1: I definitely agree. But it was followed up with uh, the following year with the Starcade that will uh, started a string of events that ultimately led to the finger poke of death. And, and this, in my uh, opinion, is where WCW just went like down the drain. This is where the spiral began, in my opinion. They were starting to lose the ratings war as the WWE Attitude Era was was really kicking in. And ultimately, I, I thought I, I personally believe that this was just the stun gun thing with Scott yeah. Hall, and ultimately ending Goldberg's uh, streak. I mean, I. I I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and, it just was very underwhelming.
0: Yeah, de- definitely. And I mean, that that was when it kind of got okay. You you you're trying to a little too hard here, and you know and I know they were the whole Stone Cold Degeneration X. They were starting to take over the ratings war, and they they were trying to do something to to make it. to to kind of sustain and and get back on top. And the Goldberg thing was going good. But, you know, to have the taser thing kind of was precursor to the finger poke of death. And, you know, in the I think it was January the 4th, the Nitro January the 4th, Nash was supposed to fight Goldberg in a rematch for the belt. Well, Goldberg gets arrested. Stalking, supposedly stalking Elizabeth and Nash is you know, he's with NWO, you know, by that time the NWO split in two, there was the NWO Hollywood, which is, was the black and white, led by Hulk Hogan and then there was the NWO Wolfpack that uh, was led by Kevin Nash and that was kind of like they were going to have the big the big fight and they led, led it up, built it up, built it up and then you get out there and you have Hogan put his finger on Nash's chest, and Nash just fall down like somebody shot and Hogan pins him; and he's the champion again, and the NWO is back together again. So, and and yep. that really eventually just led to WCW's downfall from that
1: point on. I definitely agree. That was, you know, if you really, I, 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 if you really take a, a hard look at Starcade and it's, um. And, its old, uh, and the main events that it had in its latter days, do you know that every, even including the big one, including Hollywood, Hogan, and Sting in 1997, from 1997 to its last event in 2000, 97, 98, 99, and 2000, every one of those Starcade main events ended in a finish that was not a clean finish. And I think, and I don't know what you have to say about it, but I think that's exactly what went wrong with WCW. It was just too much controversy, too much. It, it ended up being where it was almost predictable. It's something. I mean, from the Vince Russo days, to even the Bischoff yeah. days, it, it was it was very evident that we weren't going to get a clean finish at their biggest event of the year, and that's the event of the year that you kind of expect a clean finish at least occasionally.
0: Well, it, just like you said, you don't. And and one of the things where that Vince kinda of, you say Vince took something a step further. Vince did Star K better than, than WCW did. He did WrestleMania better. That's when you want to see you know, like and and to to bring up one that was a really that I that really stood out to me with WrestleMania. You look at when Benoit and Guerrero won their World Heavyweight Championships and to see there were them both in the ring celebrating together after it was over with. That was, you know, you want something like that. You don't want a, a, a what they would call a dusty finish at, at the biggest event of the year. You want a, something clean. You know, if the champion wins, championship win clean, or you know, nothing, nothing stupid like a, a taser, taser to no. the, you know. You don't. You won't. I guarantee you won't see anything like that in the main event at WrestleMania. No,
1: you won't. And that's why Vince won a war. Is that type of thing? He knew he knew how to make it happen. And I know we've got the argument now about how, um, you know, really Vince is kind of—I don't know. I think Vince might have lost a little touch with the uh, with the fan base, and, and I think that's most evident in Roman Reigns. But you know, the reality is is that Vince did know what he was doing better, and um, and that's why you know people think WrestleMania is an ingenious creation when really uh, Starcade was, you know, it was certainly the same concept and two years before WrestleMania.
0: Exactly. I mean, you know, we pointed it out at several different instances where, you know, things things have been copied by WWF that came from WCW or or NWA, whatever Dusty Rhodes, Dusty
1: Rhodes line pretty much. Yep. Right. Let me ask you this: I'm um, talking about Starcade. You may have already mentioned it just in conversation, but do you have a favorite match start from Starcade of all time? Ooh, mm. that's a hard question, I know.
0: Yeah. Uh, gosh, I, I would still think the you know one that I've watched uh, it would have to be between, like I, I mentioned earlier, the Tully and Magnum match. And uh, the Rock and Roll Express and Anderson's match. Uh, I'm kind of kind of biased to the to the older star cage, which they were really, yeah. in my opinion, the best ones. Uh, you know, granted the the Sting, the Sting and Hogan was was probably the best promoted. But as far as, as wrestling wise goes, uh, that wasn't a bad a bad promoted. The 86 one was really promoted pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was probably my favorite Starcade, but the Rockwell Express and the Andersons match, guys. If you get a chance to watch that, one I would definitely, definitely want you to watch that one. And the Magnum and Target match, just off, you know, you to see the ending. I'm not going to give away the ending. Anybody who hadn't seen it before,
1: but to see the ending of it's pretty, pretty great, uh, pretty yeah. gruesome too. Yeah. well Well, uh, Starcade certainly one of my favorite matches. Excuse me. One of my favorite events uh, in wrestling history. I will never forget um, some of the uh, some of the main just just uh, the star power of Starcade. I mean, it certainly lived by its name, and that is that. You know, from the very beginning, when Ric Flair became who Ric Flair really was, and all the way to um, like you said, the Rock and Roll Express, and Arn and Ollie Anderson, and then you know for, even all the way to the end when Sting. And I said the end because it was really the end of uh, of Starrcade as we knew it to uh, Sting and Hogan, in what was a star studded match and, and certainly a star studded buildup. I mean, Starrcade okay. definitely lived by its name.
0: Okay, hold on one one second before you. What year was the first WrestleMania?
1: Nineteen eighty five, I do believe.
0: Okay, we talked earlier, and and I, I'm this is I'm I'm thinking. Thinking this whole time, and it, it's when you said WrestleMania kind of did the whole celebrity thing and before the NWA did with Starcade, that's the special referee in the 84 main event. Do you remember who that Did you read who that was? No, I did not know it. Okay, the referee for that match, smoking Joe Frazier, the, you know, one of the greatest. Boxing world heavyweight champions of all time, and guess who well, was that? the guest referee in the main event of the first WrestleMania? Uh, Do you
1: remember that? The guest guest referee main event. In, in the I don't remember. I remember. I, I remember Mr. T was in the match, but I don't remember okay. who the guest referee was.
0: Now think about this. You know, we're talking about Joe Frazier was in the '84. You go to, and let's see, WrestleMania was held in probably March of 85. Mm -hmm. Uh, Special guest referee, Muhammad Ali. No kidding. (laughs) So, you think about it. You know, is this kind of like Vince gets all the credit Mm -hmm. for this, but NWA and Dusty Rose had this down. It was just not promoted as well as Vince. And grand events had more celebrities at WrestleMania, but you know, how do you have a boxer doing your main event for a starcade, and then a boxer does the main event for WrestleMania?
1: Yeah, yeah you I, I, feel, you, I
0: feel like it was kind of being copied.
1: Well, and I, and I never knew that, but that is pretty evident right there—that uh, something <laughs> just wasn't quite right. You know, um, <laughs> I mean, I hate to I say mean, it, but. Vince capitalized, there's no doubt about that, and he did so better uh, than anybody. You cannot deny that, but uh, I'm sorry, but I just have a hard time believing that WrestleMania was such an original concept. Not not at all. <laughs> and, of course, uh, you know, it, 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 like you said, you know, Muhammad Ali served as the first official, and Mr. T actually competed in a the, in, in the match. So that was probably one of the first right. times we, we saw something like that happen. Um but you know i re- I remember uh, I think one of the biggest stars at the time that was actually in attendance at the event, not in the event but in attendance was um oh goodness um the- uh cindy Lauper. uh and right. um of course, at the times she was certainly a big star in in the pop culture world, and I think that's where uh they capitalized you know I don't know what Vince did to get the stars to come see the show. Um, but I think that's well, what made people say, hey, this is a big deal.
0: Lauper actually, you know, I, I don't know how it came about, but Lauper actually managed the uh, the women's champion at the time. Well, she wasn't the champion at the time. But she ended up beating uh, the Fabulous Moolah, which was she managed Wendy Richter, and that's a, a name from the past. Uh, a real talented female wrestler, but just – didn't hang around. I think she kind of got cross the logs with Vince. Uh, there was a big controversy, actually, with her. Uh, the way she lost the belt, she claims, was she went for a match against a mass wrestler and was told she was going to win, and the mass wrestler ended up holding her down and pinning her, and it ended up being Moolah. And that's where they said, it. you know, Vince was kind of crossed the logs with her before that, and he set that up. So that could actually go down as the Bret Hart thing before the Bret Hart thing actually happened. The yeah. Montreal
1: screw job. I'm just you know, Vince is such a media powerhouse and he know he knows how to play the media. I mean, it's kinda like Donald Trump. You know, everybody wants to know why he became such a household name. It's because the me he, he knows how to control the media and, and Vince is so good at that. And you have to give credit for that. And Vince McMahon oh, he, he capitalized, I mean, and I think the fact that Starcade kind of transitioned from one promotion to another, uh, and Vince McMahon had complete ownership over WrestleMania. I mean, it was his from day one, and it still is today, and I think that had a lot to do with it, too. Um, you started to see a difference in Starcade, as you well know, uh, towards the 90s. I mean, you saw the Once WCW took over, you saw the Battle Bowls in 91 and 92. Interesting concept in 91 in the Norfolk Scope, uh, another famous wrestling arena, and that is that you would have to get thrown in. I don't know if you remember this show. You'd have to get thrown into those two rings. You'd have to get thrown into the ring, the other ring. And once you've been thrown into the other ring, that means you were ready for elimination. And if you got thrown out of that ring, you were gone. Um, and it just, you know, just some weird, interesting concepts, but it was two different promotions that actually ran the event. And, um, and it even from 88 to 90, you know, it stayed under the NWA name until WCW officially took over Starcade uh, in 1991. And it just, I, I have to wonder, do you think that had something to do with it? The fact that Vince completely owned WrestleMania from day one, where that was, it was kind of scattered around. With Starcade. Well, you know, one of the
0: things that I think uh, messed up with Starcade was the '87 You know, they did. uh, Your your NWA fans are pretty much Virginia, from the Virginia down south, and then you had your WWF guys back then. Was pretty much the North people in the Midwest. Well, they decided at Starrcade '87 they were going to go to Chicago, yeah. which is not a not a WCW or NWA country at all. Uh, and the main event, Flair lost his belt to Ronnie Garvin, which you know Ronnie Garvin is one of the best workers. I mean, he wasn't a real technical guy; he was a brawler. You know, his his finishing move was a knockout punch. His hand he was called the Hands of Stone. Uh, he had beat Flair about a month earlier for the belt. And, you know, that was big back then. When Rick Flair lost the belt, that was big news. It didn't happen yeah. too long back then especially. But uh, Garvin was really not who you would think would be the champion. But they built a program, with built up a good program with it. And then it was like once he won it, they put this clause in there where, well, he's not going to wrestle for 30 days. He's going to be training for Star for you know Starrcade with Flair, uh, which didn't make much sense for your champion, your, your babyface champion, not to be defending the belt. belts. Uh, didn't look good. And another thing was, when you got to the main event that night, Flair's the heel, Garvin's the babyface. where the whole crowd doesn't really know who Ronnie Garvin is. So they're cheering for Flair. I mean, you got one of the biggest eruptions of the whole night was when Flair regained the belt. I mean, fans were cheering. The crowd really came to life then. And I mean, Mm -hmm. they really kind of. I think Dusty and Jim Crockett kind of. They they were trying to go to see if they could go national like Vince did, and it didn't work that night. I mean, yeah. And another mistake they made that night: you've got the Road Warriors fighting Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard for the tag belts in the Road Warriors' hometown. Uh, to to actually get a good reaction for the crowd, you should put the belts on the Road Warriors in their hometown. But right. they they fake a, They pull a dusty finish. Uh, the Road Warriors are named the tag champions, but. When another referee comes in, got the one that got knocked out. The one that got knocked out disqualified the Road Warriors. But you know, the crowd was mm-hmm. booing. But you know, that, that's kind of where you know when you're in a territory that you're usually you know, that the people aren't too familiar with but they know these two guys came from here, the Road Warriors, and you know one of the most recognizable tag teams. You need to put the belt on them that night. And I think they really messed up by not doing
1: that. Well, and, and they may—they certainly may have—and and you know, there's no doubt about it that that throughout StarCade's history, there was certainly some things that we think could have done been done better. But uh, there's no doubt about that, especially late in 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 the um, in the series. But I gotta ask you, would you like to see? Well, I know the answer to this. You'd like—I'm sure you'd mm-hmm. like to see StarCade back. Do you think we'll ever see Starcade back uh, as a named pay per view event in the WWE? No, I don't. I think for the reasons we're talking about tonight,
0: because Starcade was the precursor to WrestleMania, and that's where they got the idea from. And I think, you know, they did, uh, I think it was 2013, they did do uh, a DVD with the best of Starcades on it. But mm-hmm. I think it's as far as you'll go, as far as star I do not think, and I think it would be a great idea. I think it would draw a lot of interest, but I don't think you'll ever see that on the WWE step No,
1: nope. and, and Vince McMahon uh, has been notorious uh, for as long as I can remember of um, of being the kind of guy who just, you know, if it's, if it's your thing, once I take ownership of it, it will not be anyone's thing anymore, and he's always proven that. I mean, and you know, this, there's some, there's something to be said for that. I mean, um, the fact that, you know, the fact that he brought Eric Bischoff on to WWE programming uh, a few years later, uh, after after WCW went defunct, uh, I think was a Vince usually takes two approaches to, and I've I've noticed, and was, I'll ask if you agree or disagree, but. Vince usually takes one of two approaches and that is he's either going to take what you did if you were the competition and literally almost stricken it from the record that it ever occurred right. or he is going to bring it out in an effort to humiliate it. I mean, he takes yeah, yeah, it
0: extremely personal
1: and, and have you noticed that as well?
0: I, I have. I definitely have. That's, that's been going on. Over As long as I can remember with Vince, since I've been watching wrestling, that's happened. Uh, you know, we talk about him not using it, but I have to say I was kind of shocked back when he took over WCW that he did he did use the Great American Bash name for a while on pay-per-views. Uh, but, yeah. you know, he didn't use it in the same way as, as what the NWA used it, but he did use it for uh, a few years.
1: Yep, he did. He did. And then, of course, it became the bash, if you remember correctly. And,
0: yeah. And then after
1: that, it was just, uh, I don't know, it was just kind of went down from there. But but that's the only, if I remember correctly, that is the only uh, former WCW, NWA, what have you, pay-per-view name that he used, if I remember correctly.
0: Well, well just this year, they did start using Clash of Champions.
1: Oh, yeah, good point. Yep, yeah, they did. I, 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 forgive me, they did start that this year. Now, uh, I, think, I think that you
0: know, was... Uh, we talked about it, and I think, uh, you know, if you brought back something like a Halloween Havoc, that would be a mm-hmm. good one instead of, I don't remember what pay-per-view they have in October, uh, but Halloween Havoc would be a good, and I mean, a good name recognition for some of these older wrestling fans to say, hey, I remember Halloween Havoc. I, I'd like to watch yeah. that. Uh, just like Starcade or uh, Great American Bash, they,
1: they were the most recognizable I, ones of, of WCW. I'll tell you, I would. There's two names I would like to see. So I always love the Great American Bash. Would love to see that. Um, I would like to see uh, Fall Brawl back. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I would like to see. Uh, probably fall brawl more than anything, but I would also like to possibly see super brawl back. Um, super brawl. I like that. Yeah. I was a big fan of that February event that, that, that they had. I don't know. It was always held in February, but I know towards the end of the end of the days, it was held in, in February. And I would, I, I, would
0: believe. I wish.
1: Yeah. Matter of fact, yeah, I, I just looked it, it was up in
0: February every year.
1: Yeah. Other than the first year when it was held in May, it was held every single year. In February. That's exactly right. So, but I mean, I'd like to see that back, but there's none I'd like to see back more than Stargate.
0: Now, when you say File Brawl, when you say File Brawl, usually File Brawl included War Games. Is that what you're.
1: You want to see War
0: Games come back?
1: Uh, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. I
0: would love to see WWE bring back the old War Games, you know, to have, Mm -hmm. you know, have two team, two five man teams go against each other in that same format that they did. I would love to see WWE bring that back. I think it would, you know, a lot of people would love to see it if they hadn't seen it before. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it would be a five on five. I mean, uh, it would be better than some of these, you know, five on five matches they've had in the past. So,
1: yeah, well, and, you know, another thing is I-, I see it playing very well into, uh, the brand feud you know i mean and even if you uh even if you just kept the war games concept and did it maybe in the spring as opposed kind of kind of opposite survivor series which is held in the fall um you could keep that brand rivalry going kind of all year as opposed to just one event and um i don't know i i kind of like the the concept of bringing that back too
0: You know, because that was something that that Dusty actually came up with, too, that hadn't been done before. And Mm -hmm. and to to watch the whole format of that, especially the first year they had it was in 87, and that was actually at the bash. They did a series of them. But, you know, to have nobody – you know, you had five guys. Every one of them would come in, you know, interchange every two or three minutes. until, And and the only way you could lose – was after all 10 guys were in the ring. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if you were in there, one of the first ones in there, you were in there for the long haul. And, I mean, you took a beating, too. And most time that was the case. Uh, you know, I know they had uh, the Dangerous Alliance one year, which was Steve Austin, Larry Zbyszko, Arn Anderson, Rick Rude. And uh, who was the other one? Steve Austin, Arn Anderson, Rick Rude, Bobby Eaton. Bobby the fifth one. Against Sting's group of Sting, Nikita, Dustin Rose, Barry Windham, and Ricky Steamboat. That's Mm -hmm. probably, you know, that was a really good one that year, but the the real one was the four horsemen in 87. uh, Arn Tully, Luger, Flair, and then they had J.J. Dillon in against Dustin, Nikita, the Road Warriors, and the Road Warriors manager, Paul Eller, and that was, you know, that was pretty awesome watching that the first time. I'd right. love to see that again.
1: You know, I just did the math on um, – actually, give me just a second here. This is this, this is an interesting statistic that I think people would like to hear because it really expresses how big a deal North Carolina was um, – to the wrestling industry, uh, particularly WCW, NWA. Uh, really interesting statistic here I'm about to give you. And um, I'll just tell you, this is a really neat concept. You know, North Carolina has has certainly been a part of wrestling history uh, for a long time. There, there is no denying that. With all the starcades, they had, they had 18 starcades, and of course, one, two, three, four, uh, let's see, five five Starcades were actually held in North Carolina. So get ready for this now, okay? Of the 18 Starcades, um, uh, excuse me, 18 Starcades, there were nine fall brawls, um, and then there were, um, uh, let's see, there were nine, no, 11, excuse me, there were um, 11, uh, yeah, 11 Super Brawls. Okay, so, I want you to listen to this statistic. Now, this shows you right here what North Carolina meant, not only to Starcade as, as the or- original place Starcade was held, but also, also to the entire um, wrestling business. I mean, there's no doubt about it that Starcade was a big deal. All right, so get ready for this. You ready? Um, of. Okay, yeah. North Carolina hosted either Starcade Fall Brawl or Super Brawl. Get ready. 35% of the time Oh yeah 30, 35% Of all the star cage All the fall brawls and all the Super brawls were held here in North Carolina I mean what You, you know and just to, to kind of look At all those events none of which are still around It kind of makes you wonder I mean Has North Carolina kind of lost Its place in the wrestling business Over time Well the big thing especially
0: with the star cage uh, early on Crockett promotions was based out of Charlotte. And, you know, that was their home base. And, you know, when you, you got that area and everybody was familiar with that area, the Charlotte, the Greensboro area, uh, Greensboro Coliseum was, was like a stronghold for the Crockett's in, in the early days, especially, um, Charlotte Coliseum, they 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 ran that a lot too, but you know mm-hmm. south, the southern area that was their territory. That was the Crockett's territory, Mid Atlantic. That's what they called it. But it turned into you know the NWA. Everybody was recognizing, in the, especially from '86 on, the NWA as the Crockett territory. So. All right. Um, you know that was, North Carolina was really big back then. Uh, since the Crockett's had been gone, uh, especially when Dusty and them tried to wanted to move to the story where Dusty and them wanted to move the offices to Texas, mm-hmm. of all places. Uh, and, and that was you know a lot of the, a lot of the wrestlers from back then talk about as far as for the Crockett's that them trying to go national like go out west to California and uh having having so many jets and stuff to carry them out there, and all this mm-hmm. that was kind of what 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 did the crocketts in and they they got way in debt because of that, and they that's when they had to sell the Tanner Turner but you know when you're making you you feel like you're making that much money, and you know people talk about w w f back then. But Crockett's—I mean, when you say hot, that territory at the time was white hot. I mean, you had—you yeah. know—if if you had Vince, Vince's mind as far as promotion and marketing-wise, with with the NWA, I honestly think they could have—it could have been bigger back then than what they had in WWF because they had better wrestlers Granted, back then, it was all about the the character, you know, Hulk Hogan, uh, you know, and they were going more cartoony. But, mm-hmm. you know, Vince could have, with him, and, I, you know, I give credit where credit's due. Vince has got one of the greatest marketing minds that I've ever seen. But, it's all no doubt. Yeah, he could have took, he could have worked with these guys and probably could have made them just as big, if not bigger, than what the WWE, WWF was back then.
1: Yep, absolutely. If you, absolutely.
0: You know, you just look, just just go online and look up the roster of the, of the NWA back in eighty five, eighty six, and eighty seven. And you know, uh young Sting came over in eighty seven. You know, you had Lex Luger, you had the Rock and Roll Express. I mean, that wasn't they had an incredible star at the time.
1: Well, and and you know, not to use that word lightly, but uh, and again, star power. There was no event that that, that made it appear bigger than Starcade, and uh, it was so neat to see how Starcade they, Starcade really created the major, the Super Bowl type event in wrestling, and uh, it's a, and it's an event I certainly wish they'd bring back. Probably won't. I must agree with you there. Uh, I know I go against the grain a lot, but uh, I don't see that they'll bring that one back. Um, but it was fun talking about Starcade. Now, I, I, and I'm going to give you the last word on Starcade because that was your era, and uh, you may have something else you want to bring up. Last word from Stevie Fly on Starcade.
0: You know, it was just that was. <laughs> I actually look forward to Starcade more than I did WrestleMania back then. You know, like I said about the. The first one I remember watching, the night of Skywalkers, in '86, and, and to see it being done in in different locations, that was that was really cool. That was that was the first time they had done anything like that. But you know, to see it over the years, the '87 one was uh, was okay, but then they kind of got back in '88. They did it out in Norfolk, uh, and and had some some good matches there, but it just. You know, it kind of dwelled off a little bit for a while to, to uh, where it wasn't as spectacular as it had been in the past. But, you know, they, they caught right. back up. And, you know, that's just like – I'm like you. I, I miss the old days of Stargate. I really missed it when it when it went away from the Thanksgiving night thing because that was, that was really neat to think, you know, somebody on Thanksgiving, they're out there wrestling on their Thanksgiving night instead of being home with yeah. their families or something like that. But And that was – Kind of like an entertainment after Thanksgiving thing for the people that lived around Starcade was, you know, you have your Thanksgiving dinner, go out and watch Star Starcade that night. And, you know, I've yeah. heard of stories of a lot of people that used to do that, um, and you know, that I, it's just something that I miss, and I, and I miss all the old NWA stuff back then. That, that was just, and it's probably just because that's that's what got me into it, and and, and that's what I
1: remember most fondly. Yeah, well, Starcade, folks A a November and then later on A December memory Uh, That is just that, a memory But nonetheless, uh, a fantastic one Folks, um, we're about to wrap it up here Uh, We didn't have any guests tonight So we still brought you a 90-minute Actually, over now, 90-minute edition Oh, yeah uh, Of of Brawl for All As we had our episode 10 uh, Mid-season finale And we'll be back uh, right after New Year's, and we'll be releasing our schedule. Um, kind of a weird schedule we had in the first half of our first season, and I will tell you that largely that's because of me and the transition I'm making uh, to a new area, but I appreciate your patience, Stevie. We're going to try our best to all our listeners, particularly our live listeners, uh, to give a more um, a, a more regularly scheduled uh, timeline for the second half of our first season, and not only that, but moving on as we move into the future uh, obviously, we have the special events like the Rage events, but uh, our regular shows will have a more regular schedule coming up uh, in 2017. Um, for those of you listening on demand, uh, you probably never knew that uh, we had that we were <laughs> scheduling at different times. But Absolutely. nonetheless, as a reminder, you can always listen live uh, on BlogTalkRadio.com slash Brawl for All, and you can always. Listen on demand on your podcast app on your iPhone, as well as a tune TuneIn Radio app on iPhone and Android devices. Stevie, have you ever gone back and listened to one of the shows on one of our apps?
0: I definitely, I do, I do all of them. Yep,
1: yep. And I which, show, what do app it. do you use for that?
0: Most of the time, I, I'm on the iTunes. I'm on iTunes when I listen to it. So,
1: uh-huh. and I and
0: I know that where And I've had, we do have a lot of, you know, I have one guy that's from the Raleigh area. Uh, that 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 listens to us, but he did. He kind of, and this is this is this kind of made me feel good that he he said I I binge listen to y'all at work. He said I'll download. <laughs> uh, yeah, believe it or not, did you ever think anybody would would want to listen to us for like four of these episodes in a row? But this guy actually did it. I, my hats off to him. I won't say his well, I will say his name, Steve Turner. You know he, he's one of our <laughs> biggest fans on on uh. Um, on oh, and he he'll go to work. He said, "I'll I'll listen to uh, three or four episodes in a row and catch mm-hmm. up." But you know, it, it's guys like that that I appreciate, and we got a lot of people who listen to it. More people than I think we realize do listen to us, but
1: uh, it, you well, know, it's just been
0: a great thing, and, I, and it's something I've wanted to do for a long time. And and I really thank you for for making this happen
1: and letting me do this. Well, and I thank you because um, you put in. I mean, this. I want all of our listeners to know that Stevie Fly has put in a ton of legwork to bring uh, talent onto this show. I, I I do not do that. That's Stevie Fly all day long, and um, and I'm sure I've helped with it before, but uh, I you know that's that is his thing, and he's. I mean, he's brought some interviews on this show that have been second to none uh, that other podcasts would love to have. Uh, and and they've been around for a long time, and, uh, and of course, our show only ten episodes in. And um, Stevie, you have you have delivered, my friend. You have well, delivered, I, and yeah. uh, and hopefully,
0: hopefully, I, you know, I know you're working on some people, and and I'm working on some people. Hopefully, we can get some some just as big names as we've had, and you know, and, and just like we talk about some of these guys, like the you know the first guy we had interviewed, Preston Quinn. You don't know how big these guys that we talked to. A lot of people are like, well, I don't know who that is, but you know, wait, wait, years down the road when you say, I can't believe you interviewed Preston Quinn. You know, yeah. he's a big name now, or or Asafi. You know, you know, you know we we've, we've got some talented guys that we've interviewed, not just the Bobby Fulton or the Headbanger Thrasher. That's
1: right.
0: You know, big name recognition there, but these guys down the road, you know. That you know, when you go back and look at it, we could really be saying we interviewed uh, future superstars of wrestling. I believe we have, yep,
1: and I believe we have too. And uh, I will tell you that I think this show has a bright future. I think Rage Wrestling, it's its component, or we're, we're, we're a, a component of it. Um, is I think all of this has a very great future. And uh, I'm excited to keep it going in 2017. Last question for you, Stevie. Um, what you doing for Christmas this year?
0: I'm just enjoying, bud. Uh, you know,
1: Good. you know,
0: it's all about how how happy everybody is. Of course, making my wife and, and my daughter happy. That's the main thing. And uh, you know, just being with my family is, is what I'm looking forward to this year. Than I do every year. But uh, you know, my two girls. That's that's what what I'm really I really concentrate on and, and just looking forward
1: to, to a good time, and I, I know you are too. Yep, I am, I am. And, well, folks, that is all for tonight's special edition mid season finale of Brawl for All. Uh, I am your host, Lance Jenkins, and along with Stevie Fly. Stevie, always a pleasure. Have a Merry
0: Christmas to everybody, you, Lance, and everybody listening. Have a Merry Christmas.
1: You do the same. And I'll end with the final word, and I will say this. Um, today, uh, a surreal experience for me. Um, I attended probably my last uh, regular regular uh, service at a church here in Jacksonville, North Carolina, that changed my life. And I'm going to take off the radio voice for just a second and get real with you. Um, and that is this. You know, we're a wrestling show, and, and, and there's no doubt about that. We talk about rumors. We talk about— um what's going on rage wrestling WWE and we really hash it out here and uh, but I'm going to tell you something folks um today I had an experience like none other uh, I don't remember the song that was playing but right in the middle of uh, of the song I looked up at the cross that hangs above it's a very large cross that hangs above the platform in our church and um some of you probably think I'm crazy some of you probably think I'm lying but that's okay I'm gonna tell you anyway um I saw Jesus Christ hanging there just as plain as day. And it was wow. the first time I'd ever experienced anything like that. And, and and my point of telling you all this is folks, Stevie and I, we have great families. Um, he's got a, he's got a kid. I don't have any children, uh, but I'm going to tell you, I've looked every year for Christmas to be what it used to be. You know, for me um, as an older guy, now it's just, it's just not what it used to be. And for some reason, every single year passes, and Christmas just was great, but it just isn't what it used to be. And then I realized that Christmas isn't really ever going to be what I want it to be um, if, I, if I don't know Christ as well as I should. And I'm going to tell you, once you do, um, Christmas will never be the same again. Uh, Pastor uh, Chris at River of Life Church said that last Sunday, and I truly couldn't, um, couldn't agree more. If you know Jesus, uh, things will never be the same. Folks, Merry Christmas. Enjoy your holidays and enjoy it with family because you don't know when your last one is here. And I'm going to tell you something. uh, I'm going to enjoy Christmas this year like I never had because I know Jesus. Folks, God bless. Merry Christmas. And, Stevie, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Same to you, buddy. All right, folks. God bless. We will see you in 2017 as Brawl for All returns for its second half of Season 1. We will see you then. God bless and have a happy New Year.